I will more or less just introduce this lecture. I have it down as lecture number three. My notes don't always correspond with what's in the on the sermon audio or in the record keeping, but I have this down as lecture number three. I do know that there was one lecture I did at least two parts, and I'm not at all sure how Brother John uh, is keeping that. doesn't really matter, but I give you the notes that I have. Lecture number three, and the title of the lecture is What Is It All Worth? What is it all worth? We had begun our studies of the Baptist distinctives or Baptist principles. First, with we begun it with an introduction to the subject. Rather than jumping right into those distinctives, I have set about to bring you some introductory perspectives <clears throat> and uh, there was an introduction first to the subject given to us by Dr. Jeter that was the first thing I gave you was an introduction by Dr. Jeter who was the original author of those articles which make up the first half of one of our textbooks, Baptist Principles Reset, about 1876, those articles were published. And uh, we had started with an introduction uh, to the articles. And then I moved next to fix our attention on that very powerful and compelling message by Dr. James Bruton Gamble on the obligation to teach our principles. And I was very blessed and encouraged, and I hope you were, and I hope you took the lessons from the good Dr. Gamble about the obligation of Baptists to teach their principles. Now, I've emphasized, I've said this, but I want to emphasize it. Our obligation as Baptists to teach our Baptist distinctives is not just uh, a thing to be treated lightly. We do not have the luxury, if it may be called that, just to use that expression, of a theological amalgamation or smorgasbord of theological soup. It was said this morning at our home before we came to church by someone that it didn't really matter among ourselves that we all believe alike that it would be okay for us to hold different beliefs and still be members in the same church. Well, I'm sorry, but I beg to differ. 
And so does all of these, these great men and history itself begs to differ. We do not have the privilege, if we're to have a clear and uh, effective testimony of the gospel in our day, and we do not have the, we do not have the liberty to have theological amalgamation. We must have clear, definitive doctrines and clear, definitive statements of those doctrines. Many were the powerful mandates which that holy man of old placed on us when we studied what he had to say in his introduction and in this message of obligation to teach our principles. I I grow weary, frankly, and I talk with preachers, I talk with different ones in service in different churches. I grow weary hearing how that we ought not make any distinctions. We ought not insist upon any distinctions. We ought not insist upon, I often hear, we ought not insist, in fact, upon any particular doctrines. We ought to just be willing to let everyone walk with Christ as they see his leadership. I hear that, I hear that, and I hear that, and I am weary of hearing it. Again, if you have any doubt whatsoever, go back and read again, read again, the good Dr. Gamble's lecture on the obligation of Baptists to teach their principles. Today I intended to treat this topic yet a little further. Not again, not the specifics of our Baptist distinctives, but more in some general considerations of the whole subject. And I want to say to you that I'm not just dragging my feet here and getting, trying to get, get, actually get to those Blessed Baptist particulars. I'm not just dallying or delaying, but I wanted first to bring you along to the conviction of the weight and importance of this subject. You must be convinced of the importance of this subject or the subject is nothing to you but mere academics. And by the way, I was meditating about this this morning, and it shouldn't be necessary, but I thought it might just be necessary for, I hope, no one in this church, but someone who may get these mess, these lectures by way of the Internet. I want to impress upon the fact that there is a difference between conviction and preference. You understand that. A preference is a thing that you will live by. You will abide by your own preferences. 
So they're not weak things. They are strong things. Uh, but there's a vast difference between a preference and a conviction. There are things, I confess, there are things that I hold that I would have to classify as preference. Because a conviction is a thing for which you would die. The weight of a conviction will carry you to the martyr's flames. Anything that you would throw aside and abandon rather than die for it can't be called a conviction. That's a preference. <laughs> now, with just that simple definition, it's a good exercise occasionally throughout your life. If you're a young person and you live to be a hundred years old, never cease to do this exercise. Go back and look again at the things you hold and ask yourself again, is that a preference or is that a conviction? It's worth looking at. It's worth looking at repeatedly. And you may change categories. I have done that. I've had things that I held as convictions that now I would like to say are preferences. I wouldn't like to die for it. There are things I used to say were a preference. I believe now they've gelled into conviction. There's a difference between preferences and convictions. And what I want you to be brought to is that in the matter of Baptist distinctives, these are not preferences. These are convictions. And unless you stand there, unless you are prepared to take that position, then you cannot call these Baptist distinctives uh, convictions. On page 262 of our one text, the text Baptist Principles Reset. Page 262 is something of an expression of what I'm saying. Listen as the writer and I'll close with this. He said, what are Baptist principles? Baptists hold to certain views and practices which are distinctive and peculiar and are held by no other on earth. They regard these as immensely important, worth living for and worth dying for. And hence when it is proposed in the name of Christian union, to merge all denominations into one general organization, it seems to us but idle talk. Such a union may suit those who have nothing in particular to stand for, but it does not commend itself to us who have great doctrines which can be maintained only by our continued separate existence. Okay? Starting out with the principle 
of the New Testament, that starting out with the principle that the New Testament is our ultimate and only authority. Starting there. And then moving on. And we'll take this subject back up again next week. Today, I had only time enough to impress on, to press on you the matter that this subject that we are taking up, Baptist Distinctive, is not a matter of preference. It is a matter of conviction. And as we have read, these are things for which we will live and we will die. And Baptists historically have died for these things. And that prevents us from forming unions with others. Unfortunately, we can only maintain our position by maintaining our independency from non-Baptists. And listen to me. <laughs> when I say non-Baptists, I mean non-Baptists. Not, just because there is the name of Baptist doesn't mean they're Baptist at all. Oftentimes when people see my card, they ask me, what does that particular mean? I had a conversation with the top secretary of the largest church in this county a couple of weeks ago. And I gave her my card and she said, what does this particular Baptist mean? And I simply said, as I usually do say, it means we are Baptists. We hold what Baptists have always held, but you have probably never met a Baptist. Now I'm talking to a woman who is the secretary of the largest church, Baptist church in this county, and she is herself a Baptist by name, and very much in a Baptist organization by name. But I told her pointedly, you're not a Baptist, and you've probably never met a Baptist. And that's the simple truth. These are Baptist distinctives and the only way we can maintain them is to maintain our separation from non-Baptists. And unfortunately in our day, many non-Baptists are going under the name Baptist. <laughs> so that makes it difficult, doesn't it? Clouds the issue. So I hope that by the time we get through this series, if I live and we make it through it, I hope you will have arrived at conviction. The conviction that these things are so and that we cannot compromise.